Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Drew. And it's good to see you. So, that kind of rhymed. Did you like it? And it's good to see you? I liked it. Okay, cool. Well, anyways, I just tried something new. Yeah. Well, we're talking about but the church. you're not seeing anyone except for me. So, it's good to Are see you. Are you glad to see me? Well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> feel the same. No, it's great to be here, man. And I love talking about the discussion we're having on the church and how it looks from a biblical perspective. I think it's a really nice, fresh new take um, and when it shouldn't be new. It's uh, a, hopefully a nice, fresh, old take. That's exactly. I'm, I'm here for the old, the old takes here. Yeah, man. And I think it's exactly how God has it designed. And, and unfortunately, when humans get their hands on things, sometimes we foul it up a little bit. And so hopefully this gets to straighten out some of the ideas that we might have in our heads. And I know for me personally, just in the past few podcasts, I've learned a lot. So hopefully our viewers and our listeners get to experience the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's dive right in. Today we're going to be talking about how does the church membership make a difference in my life? Now, if you didn't listen to our, our podcast before this one uh, last week, it was talking about is church membership biblical? And we talked about where it was at in, in Scripture and what it means. And this time we're going to be talking about how it affects us individually. Yeah, and this is a really practical question because, you know, I, I think that I think that's one of the difficulties with church membership is in theory it sounds okay, but in practice, like, does that mean that I'm going to be responsible for, like, problems at the church? Does mm-hmm. that mean I'm going to be responsible for, you know, hey, the church is running out of money, so, like, what, is, what do I do with that? Right. And, you know... Um, am I going to be responsible for like sticky sin situations? I don't want to get too close to it because then I could be, you know, I could get burnt or I could get hurt or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and it, likely, if you've been involved in church in any period of time, that's the case. Um, but does that mean that there's not a, a major difference that church membership can make in your life? Absolutely yeah. not. And I, I think it can be. I think it can be one of the catalysts towards your spiritual growth, not a, not away from it. Uh, not not that it would be spiritually detrimental to you. But actually, would help you to grow positively uh, in the Lord by becoming a member uh, of the church. So, what difference does it make? One thing. Let me give you a, a couple of practical things, and then I want to give. I really want to hone in on one biblical idea um, mm-hmm. that, I, that I want to throw out. Um, one thing that it does for you is it gives you a defined area of service. Um, you know exactly who you need to try to serve, and who you need to try to encourage by being a member of the church. You might say, how does that happen? Well, two ways. One, it might have a particular kind of ministry. Your church might that has a very specific ministry, very specific kind of outreach that it's involved in, um, and there you can get plugged in with that. But two, and I think, I think I would actually say even more importantly, when you join a church, there are already other members there in that church. One of your jobs as a member is to try to find ways to encourage them mm-hmm. in their spiritual walk. So um, uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, uh, but encourage each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the opposite of church attendance, or excuse me, the opposite of not attending church 
is not attending church. The opposite of not attending church is encouraging the church. And I think that's an important thing to consider because you can show up here at a church on a Sunday or show up any church on a Sunday and actually not be an encouragement to the people who are gathered there. But what church membership does is it encourages you not just to attend the church, but to serve the church, to encourage the church. And so one of the things that happens when you join the church is you are given an, an automatic field of play mm-hmm. that you're, you are to figure out how to encourage these saints to follow Jesus more faithfully. What might that look like? Well, it might look like just praying for people, um, you know, finding finding someone just to pray for regularly and to pray with regularly, I think could be a huge thing. It might be finding someone to do a, a Bible study with, to talk about um, spiritual things. Uh, Sunday at, at our church here, we had a men's group, and it was just so yeah. cool. We had a number of guys just sitting around to talk about their marriages, to talk about purity, to talk about those kinds of things, um, to, in, to encourage each other towards holiness and Christ-likeness. That's part of being a part of the church. I don't know yeah. where you're going to go, where else you go to find no. that kind of encouragement, to find that kind of uh, motivation there to live a to live a godly life, to live a life of, of purity. Um, you find opportunities to serve those who need, like physical help. You know, hey, maybe there's an elderly person in your church that needs help, like changing their light bulbs, like something that wouldn't be a hard task for a younger person to get out a ladder and to change a light bulb. But for an elderly person, maybe there's been lights that have been out in their house, they don't have family close by. Like a really simple thing, yeah. uh, giving elderly people rides to church. You know, what would that what would that look like? You might not think that's much of a ministry, but boy, I, I, I could guarantee you that those elderly people would really appreciate that, really enjoy that. Maybe your ministry is, you know, writing letters to people in the church and just telling them that they've prayed for them. Like, who's not going to be encouraged by yeah. that? So I, I think that that's one of the things, one of the differences that church membership makes in your life right there. And what I find is that when people pour out, it makes it easier for folks to find ways to pour in. So just for example, last week uh, we had a situation. We needed someone to help with some child care at our church for some families that were coming to this uh, this class that we were doing. And so an individual in the church uh, jumped up and said, hey, I'll, I'll come and help watch the children. I'll come help provide child care for this, for this particular class. And, uh, and so she came and she helped out. And you know what? The next day, I just sat down and I wrote her a card and I just told her how, you know, what her what her service actually allowed us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it allowed these families who have young children who maybe don't get some designated time to study the word like they'd like to uh, in a small group format on their own. It allowed them some time to be poured yeah. into. That wouldn't have been possible without that service of that individual. And so I just wrote her a card and said, yeah. thank you. Uh, thank you for this. And just letting, letting her know yeah, you're watching a kid and you're playing with blocks, but you're actually doing spiritual work. Yeah. That. You're actually encouraging other other people spiritually. So by pouring out, I find that you you are then given more opportunities to be poured into, um, by, to have other people encourage you in that, um, to build relation, deeper relationships with the church. I mean, you just think about that. Watching a young couple's three- or four-year-old kid, and you might think that might not be my spiritual gift. Maybe it's not. Does that mean that's not something you should pursue? Think about all the things that does. One, it gives you an opportunity to teach that little one something about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Which is always a good thing. It gives you an opportunity to serve a, a family in the church. It gives you a different kind of relationship with that family in the church than you had before. Because yeah. now you not ju- you not only know that that person's child, you also know something about that child's parents and yeah. an opportunity to 
ask, hey, how's this little guy doing? How's, how is she doing? Th- those kinds of things. How, how are they growing up? And to see and to pour into that individual growing up in that way, that's, that's a major thing. Uh, and that's just the, the, the bread and butter of church involvement. And you yeah. might say, well, what you've just described is free child care, and I'm not really <laughs> signing up for free child care. And if you think about it that way, that's a little bit short-sighted, yeah. I would say. Um, you know, not that not that there's not the child care aspect involved, not that it's not just a practical help to the family, um, but think about the ways it could do spiritual good, mm-hmm. um, spiritual good to the other people in the church. Does that bring up any thoughts or questions or considerations for you? Yeah, I think that when we looked last week at church membership, and looking at it from, uh, we looked at Romans chapter 12, and I believe it's Corinthians, First Corinthians 12, First, yeah. both of them chapter 12. And so we were talking about being members of one body and how that even though, you know, it's a, a finger or a toe or an ear and an eye, they all work together. Right. And so, you know, um, personally, I grew up, my, my dad was always the sound man. And so right. no matter what, uh, my dad was there. We had to do the sound. We had to roll the cords up and all that stuff, which is why I enjoy what I enjoy now. But it didn't like there was. It, we never felt like there was less because as soon as we got done rolling up all the cords and stuff, then we go change the trash too, you sure. know. And but it was just always an encouragement to be at the church and be able to to help other people. And yeah. I think if you've never given that encouragement you may not understand the encouragement you get from doing right. it. Yeah. And so um, I and think that sometimes, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like no, you're good. The, the giving, there's always this, this encouragement you get from just giving. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that everybody understands that because not everybody has given. Yeah. And so I think do it once and, and just go ahead and see that. You right. know, um, it, if it is watching a kid, you know, when you're watching that kid and you might think, oh, this is, I'm not a, I'm not a child care worker. Sure. You know, oh, I don't change trash. Oh, I don't, you know, this is not, I don't enjoy this. But when you do it, you're going to be encouraged by just doing it. That's and right. then someone comes along and they help you in the same way you help them. I think about it from this perspective. If you've ever been on a mission trip, like there is nothing if I, in my experience in going on a mission trip, there's nothing on a mission trip that you won't do. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we need to peel off all the wallpaper in this room and repaint it. You'll be like, okay, let's let's take tomorrow and let's get it done. Let's make a plan for that. And then when it comes to your own church, like, hey, we need to, you know, we need to paint this room or we need to move these things or we need to weed this garden. Yeah. And you think, I just don't know. And I just think it's funny. You know, if yeah. you go on a mission trip and you say, hey, we're going to, we need to provide childcare for this church plant that's just starting for they're doing a new members class and hey we need to watch six to ten kids this you know that oh man i'm being used by god for the building of his kingdom but then when it comes to hey this sunday at church there's these six to ten kids that need to be trained and we're like ah i don't know now again if you're missing let me say this very clearly if you are missing the corporate gathering of the church every single week because you're serving mm-hmm. in come some kind of like children's ministry or you're even serving in like multimedia ministry or security and you are never in the service that is not good for you like right. that is not a good place to be if you're never able to sit under the preaching of the word if you're never able to just um enjoy and to worship and to fellowship with other christians that's not a good place to be yeah. um you can you can serve at the point of not being served, yeah. right? You are pouring out, but no one's ever pouring, pouring in. in. That yeah. that kind of idea that's there. I want to say that very clearly. But at the same time, 
don't discount what God will do with very ordinary acts of Christian service. Yeah, definitely. Taking out, taking out the trash, watching kids, those kinds of things. Yeah. Another thing, another way that church membership makes a difference in your life um, is the one another statements yes. in the New Testament. So let me just read from Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, imagine that you're not a part of a church. You're just kind of free, solo Christian life. Hey, I've got Jesus. I've got my Bible. I listen to my favorite preachers on the internet. Maybe I'm a part of like, uh, a Facebook group that's spiritual in nature or something like that. Or there's a Bible study that goes on at my local coffee shop I might attend from time to time. Consider verse 1 of chapter 6. Brothers. He uses family language. He's talking to a group of people that are identified you know, as, as the family of Christ. Mm-hmm. If anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Who is supposed to know when you're caught in a transgression, and who is supposed to be the spiritual person who's supposed to restore you if you're not a part of a yeah. church? Like, just see what you're missing out on here in, in, in Galatians 6, verse 1. Where is the spiritual person supposed to come from to restore you when right. you're caught in a transgression? So you're caught in a web of sin, and you're walking down the street. Are you just expecting somebody somewhere who is spiritual to show up and to tell you, hey, in a spirit of gentleness what Christ has done for you and what Christ calls you to. I don't think that's what Paul has in mind in Galatians. He has in mind a local church where people are known by one another Mm -hmm. and where their lives are watched, not in a sense to pass judgment, but in a sense to say, hey, following Christ in obedience is really important. And so if if you're falling away or if you're doing something that is sinful, we're we're concerned about that because of what what you have professed to believe to be true about Christ by walking in this transgression, you're actually making your profession of faith less credible. And in doing so, you're harming your evangelism, you're harming the, the, the spiritual purity of the church, all those kinds of things, and even harming your own soul. But you, you might be doing this transgression because you think it's going to give you lasting joy, but let me tell you, following Jesus is going to give you more joy than sin ever could. Yeah. Where are you supposed to have that conversation if not inside of of a local church, if not inside yeah. of a body of believers. That, that's just that's the idea there. Then notice verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, again, imagine you're just free solo Christian with your at the coffee shop listening to your podcast, and maybe you're listening to some really good preacher. You know, he's really biblical, all Creek this kind of stuff. Podcast. Sure, yeah, maybe you're listening to the Creekside <laughs> podcast. Um, you read this command that says, bear one another's burdens. And again, you see that it's commands. Mm-hmm. Whose burdens? Whose burdens am I supposed to bear if yeah. I'm just this free solo Christian? Like, am I supposed to just find any Christians and bear those burdens? Because if I do that, you know who I'm going to go find? I'm going to go find the Christian with the least amount of burdens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find the Christian that is, you know, the the easiest to love. I'm going to bear those people's burdens. Rather, at the local church level, you don't really get a choice in whose burdens you're supposed to bear. Yeah. God has made that decision for you by placing them in the church. You're supposed to bear the burdens of the people that are in your life. And sometimes those burdens yeah. will be hard to bear. 
they'll be difficult for you to carry. Um, but God, you got to trust that God's going to give you the grace to persevere and that he's placed you there for a particular reason, for a particular purpose. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's actually joy in that, in helping yeah. and bearing one another up and bearing brothers, the burdens of brothers and sisters um, of or, ordinary, bearing the burdens of ordinary Christians yeah. is actually a wonderful use of your like your your spiritual life, yeah, um, and, and caring and caring for those who need to be cared for. And notice what it says: if you bear one another's burdens, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And again, I just want to draw attention to the one another statements: to to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to be patient and gentle with one another. They are not suggestions for the Christian life; they're commands of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make the statement, and I've heard this somewhere else before, but you can't actually obey the New Testament without a framework of church membership at yeah. some level. They're, these commands you're not able to carry out if you don't know who the one another is. Mm-hmm. And church membership very clearly tells you who this one another is, who this other person is. So that when I come and I read Galatians 6 in my devotions on a random Wednesday or Thursday morning, I'm not wondering, like, okay, who are the burdens I'm supposed to be bearing? Mm-hmm. You know, I think about the members in my church who are struggling. That's why we put out a prayer list uh, at our mm-hmm. church every week of, of needs of people that are going through physical trials. Maybe there's lost family members that they need to pray for. Maybe we just had some new members join the church, and so we're praying for them that week. I know we had some on our, our list last week uh, that we were that we said, hey, just pray for the new members in our church that they'd be built up spiritually, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Because when they joined our church, whatever their burdens were also became our burdens. Yeah. And we're, we're called to carry them together. And I think that's one of the, the meaningful ways church membership makes a difference in your life. Yeah. And then just, you know, who are you going to spend your time with? I mean, I think it's just another question. Um, are you going to spend your time with people who are, you know, who you have some kind of relationship with? Maybe you have a common interest, uh, but there's no real, real spiritual depth or spiritual relationship. Or are you going to spend time with people who have the same kinds of values you do? They value the Word of God. That they're trying to live the Christian life the same you are. Like, what's going to give more enrichment to your life? Now, it's not to say that you never spend time with people who aren't a part of your local church. But yeah. if you're not ever spending time with people who are a part of your local church, I, I remember years ago. Um, my grandfather passed away really suddenly, and uh, I, I my, my family had been members of the church where I grew up for years and years, and my grandfather passed away very suddenly, and there was a couple from church that showed up at our doorstep, and they just wanted to say, hey, we are so sorry to hear about the loss of to my mother, to, of your father. Like, we are so sad to hear that, and we just wanted to come by and tell you all that. And I'm just so thankful for yeah. those two, those that, that couple that, came, that took the time to come by. Why would they come by our house? They were not friends with my grandfather. They honestly aren't even really good friends with my mom, right. you know? They were they were members of the church, and they just said we we wanted to come by and just say we're so mm-hmm. sorry, and if we if we need anything, um, we want we want to let you know we're here for you. And I just I, I'll never forget that you know that that they took the time to to do that. But after they left and after they walked out of the door, I thought to myself for a second, like that's the first time they've ever been under this roof. Mm. I think. And I thought, how sad is that? And that's not to fault anybody. You no. know, there could be a million reasons for that. Um, but if you've never seen the inside of the house of people you go to church if you've never like been in their home if you've never like had time to eat dinner with them and just talk and just get to know them that's not about like church business or not about like some special interest that you all have if you never Mm -hmm. just had time just to have a cup of coffee with a brother and just ask how his marriage is going 
I would add, I would say you're missing out on the 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 joys, the the lilies and the roses of the Christian life. It's mm-hmm. just getting to walk arm in arm with other brothers and sisters, to to live in the highest of the highs when people get married or engaged or have babies or when they lose family members or a mm-hmm. spouse passes away. Those kind of things to be there in the highs and be there in the lows makes all the difference in the world for the Christian life. Yeah, and. A part of that is being vulnerable. Sure. And I think that that is scary. Um, sometimes we don't like to be vulnerable. And I think uh, I used an analogy one time, and I don't know how good it is, but the it's got a Jesus mask. You know, like we come to church, we put our Jesus mask on, and how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. I'm blessed beyond all measures, you know? And then we get out on Monday morning, we get to work, and we're like, oh, I just don't even want to get out of bed. Like, this is the worst day ever, sure. you know? And uh, I think we kind of have it backwards. When we, I feel like when we get around our brothers and sisters, especially uh, on Sundays, you were talking about our men's group. I was part of that as well. And it was just super encouraging yeah. to be able to, you, you just get to be vulnerable and say, hey, look, yeah, yeah, David had these struggles and I have this struggle. How do we deal with it spiritually? Sure. What do we do? And yeah. and being able to to come together and say, hey, this is this is real life, and that's the right place for it. You yeah, know, that that's absolutely the right place for it is to help. I mean, the church is the church is not a place of people who are well, but people who are sick. They yeah. are they are undergoing treatment, so to speak, for their sick souls. You know, that Christ is the Christ is the great physician to heal their uh, their sin sick souls. And so, you know, just just thinking about other things, I think I think you're exactly right, James. And um and it is scary to be vulnerable with people. Like if you're married, you know there was a point where mm-hmm. you were gonna tell your at that time probably your girlfriend that I love you, mm-hmm. and you know that either they're gonna say it back <laughs> or there's gonna be that really well that's nice or thank you you know like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know like how that you know how all that shakes out but there's a there's a moment of real vulnerability there so yeah. what's better to just never tell never take the chance and never say hey I love you to yeah. your to your you know to your at this point you know your spouse or is it better to take that leap and to say like no I I, I want to commit myself to this yeah. person there's that's a no-brainer there you exactly. know that makes total that makes total sense to us there why do we think about the church so much differently yeah. um your you know your spouse is a sinner uh, mm-hmm. my, you know I'm a sinner you know we're entering into this relationship that both of us are going to sin and it's going to do strange things to our relationship and maybe make us frustrated at times mm-hmm. but that's just a more opportunity to work on our relationship and to show grace to one another yeah. it's not a reason to throw in the towel so it is with church membership when you do come to those issues of frustration and they're going to be there I mean yeah. they just are are you going to say well it's just easier for me to go somewhere else where these no. people aren't like this. Because guess what you're going to find at that next church? You're going to find sinners there. Yeah. You're going to find people that disagree. There's sinners in every single church. And yeah. so um, you're not looking for a perfect church. You're looking for a healthy church and a church that's uh, organized biblically um, yeah. and values these kinds of things. And if you find that church, man, plug in and serve and see how Jesus will use it. Because I'm certain, because God's Word doesn't return void, that if you seek to do what He's commanded you in Scripture— He's going to bless that, and there's going to be there's going to be spiritual fruit that's going to come from that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about having some new members coming yeah. in. I think that, and it, it's really cool that he uses the body as a, as his example uh, because some churches you don't realize uh, they're missing the foot, sure. and it's like okay. Well, God, we're praying for a foot. Will you bring mm-hmm. us a foot into the church? And the yeah. next thing you know, here walks in a foot, and you get to... I know that sounds weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Glad, you, I'm glad it wasn't here walks in a hand. I'm glad it here was walks here in walks in a foot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but for us, okay, for us here at Creekside, as a worship 
leader, I was like, hey, God, we need some more musicians. My sure. drummer plays absolutely every single week. Can you bring me another drummer? And the next thing you know, a guy walks in from California and he goes, hey, I play drums. And it's like, oh, that's great. Sure. You know, this is what we've been praying for. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's up there playing drums, right. you know? And so from the other side of that, know that you could be the part that that church is missing. Yeah, that's right. And so don't be afraid to plug yourself in because they actually are looking for you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good word. Um, yeah, just to consider that God, God is piecing the body together uh, and he's not going to make mistakes with mm-hmm. where he puts the, the members, so to speak. Um, and so you can be, you can be a part of that um, and, to, and, to be, and to be thankful. And maybe you're like, hey, I'm not a foot, you know, <laughs> hey, maybe I'm just an ear. Yeah. Well, guess what? The, the the body still needs an ear. The body mm-hmm. still needs an, an an eye. You know all those you know all those different parts. You can read First Corinthians twelve and, and see all of that. Rather than rather than looking with disdain or dismay on the foot and say, "Oh, I wish I was a foot." Now, how about you rejoice that you get to be an eye? You get to be yeah. an ear. You get to be used in the body of God in this particular special way. And maybe your ministry isn't as you know as vibrant as everyone else's is that you see in the church. But don't discount for a second that it's being used by God. Right. And I want to encourage everyone as well. Like, I know that we talked about being vulnerable is scary, but it's so rewarding as well. We had a, a, a member of a Creekside right now that they've gone through some um, sickness and stuff. And um, the husband called me the other day just in tears. Mm. And it was just like, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I don't, you know. And all I, I didn't know what to do. Sure. I've never been in his shoes. I can't tell you how to get through this. So all I could do is pray. Right. And I was like, hey, let's pray right now. Yeah. You know? And so just take that as an encouragement. Obviously not a pat on my back because I was lost. I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do here. But just take that as an encouragement. Like when all else fails, well, really before it all fails, sure. obviously, prayer is the first thing we yeah. can go to. And if you think, well, hey, all I'm left to do, all I can really do in the church is pray, well, then there's so much you can accomplish in yeah. the church. So much spiritual good um, to take just take the membership directory if your church has one, you know, yeah. and just pray through it. And maybe you don't know those people by name, you know, maybe you don't know much about them. Yeah. But maybe you could find out something about them, you know, if your if their email address is lifted is lift, listed in the membership directory, just send them mm-hmm. an email and say, "Hey, I was just praying for you this morning. Is there anything specific that I can pray for you and your family about?" And just see what happens, you know, see what comes from that. And then when maybe you don't know that person, maybe you introduced yourself to them by email, but then at church on Sunday, if you see them, you can Make an introduction. You can seek to, you know, build a relationship there. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that much better than just saying, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the sidelines and just kind of yeah. wait and see what happens." Um, just just encourage you. Those are some of the ways that church membership can change your life for the better, and they're not terribly hard things. No. Um, if I ever get an email for someone that says they're praying for me, I'm never upset about that. <laughs> you know, I'm always super encouraged by that. So, just a small encouragement to you. If that's if that's what if you're wondering how church membership can make a difference in your life. Hopefully we've given some examples here of just of just what that looks like in in bearing burdens and in taking care of one another. Yeah. And next week we're going to be talking about serving the church and yeah. what that looks like. And I know we touched a little bit on serving the church with the child care and all of that, but I can't wait to dive in. We're not going to talk about child care next week. No child so. care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to to hear more about serving the church, what's that, what that looks like, again, yeah. from a biblical standpoint. And uh, learning all of this is just is just great. So uh, thanks for, for bringing it out to yeah. us. Thank yeah. you, James. Yeah, man. All right, guys, we'll see you back here next week on the Creekside Podcast.